Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jeremy Gucci, author of Create the Future and CEO of Trend Hunter. If you'd like to learn more about how to maximize your professional relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Jeremy Gucci. Jeremy is a New York Times bestselling author, award-winning innovation expert, and CEO of Trend Hunter, the world's number one trend website and innovation consultancy with over 3 billion views and 10,000 innovation projects completed to date. His team is relied on by 700 brands, billionaires, and CEOs to predict and create the future, including Google, Sony, Disney, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, IBM, and Adidas. He's even helped NASA prototype the journey to Mars. Guys, I can't wait for you to get uh, some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. It's going to be super, super awesome. But really quick, if you are a high six, low seven, maybe even eight-figure entrepreneur, and you know how uh, effective a podcast would be at helping you create your online presence or uh, helping you talk to experts in your industry and build credibility and authority in your brand or maybe just bring more revenue or maybe use it as a business development tactic, whatever it is for you. And you know a podcast can be helpful, but you just don't have the time, the team or the resources to figure out how all the back end nonsense works, like the equipment and the, the media hosting and the software and all the other crazy stuff. Then uh, why don't you go ahead and just have somebody else do that for you. Hire my team 
and we'll go out there and make your podcast for you so you can focus on what you're good at, which is creating content and then servicing your clients and your customers. Uh, so head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L, travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And uh, fill out that quick application. We'll chat on the phone sometime to see if we'd be a good fit to create your show for you. Jeremy, what is going on, my man? Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Okay, so let's go back and build a little bit of context here. Obviously, sure. when we go through that introduction, um, there, there might be one or two recognizable brands in there that you've worked <laughs> with. Google, Sony's, Disney, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, IBM, Adidas, NASA. I mean, the best of the best, the top companies literally in the entire world that um, have all asked you for your advice. So I'm curious uh, on a lot of different topics around what you write about. But before we do that, let's build some context here. Go back. Sure. Talk to me about like, junior high Jeremy, 12, 13 year old Jeremy. <laughs> what, what fired you up back then? What were you up to? Well, all I ever wanted to do was be an entrepreneur kind of incessantly. That was my crazy obsession. And, you know, as a kid, I had a, a dozen little businesses that I would try and I would always try and figure out what I could possibly do. And uh, I had a, a sort of entrepreneurial father that had all sorts of ups and downs in entrepreneurship, always looking for the next big thing. Yeah. What that led to is activities where we, he would get every magazine you could think about. It could be on cars, trucks, fishing boats, whatever it might be. And then we would sit down and we would flip through the different sections uh, with new inventions. And he'd say, what do you think about this idea? What about that idea? What about this idea? Hmm. And then on the weekend, we'd build those inventions and we'd go to, uh, I don't know, garage sales and pick up spare parts. Yeah. And then he'd say, with your version, how would you make it different? How do you think this person would buy it? So on one hand, I was obsessed about wanting to be an entrepreneur. Huh. But on the other hand, it was a little bit overwhelming because if you see opportunity all over the place, how do you pick what's right for you? No kidding. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's, I mean, that's so many of us, right? It's the entrepreneurial curse, yeah. Yeah, so then that led me to a career where I went into corporate innovation where I was helping other people find their ideas, but really because I was just looking for my own. Hmm. And I kept on looking and looking and looking. And eventually, I even grew a billion-dollar business for a bank. I became good at innovation as a pure obsession of just trying to find my own idea and consistently failing and figuring out what was right for me. Wow. So finally, in about 2005, before YouTube, before Facebook, I taught myself to code, and in the wee hours of the morning, I, I coded a website called trendhunter.com where people from around the world could share business ideas. And I figured maybe some trend hunter in Europe or a trend hunter in South America might submit the little idea that would inspire me. Uh, it's sort of tying it into your world. It was like a global network yeah. uh, of people sharing ideas. And what I didn't expect is that there'd be so many people searching for inspiration. So our view count went from thousands to millions to billions. At one point, more traffic than any newspaper in the world, which was wow. pretty wild. And that, that kind of led to the big breaks of, at first, you know, consulting media companies, but eventually turning the website on its head to use it like a giant focus group. So now when we work with these Samsung, Google, uh, Disney's, it's because our platform allows them to research about 20 times faster when they want to deep dive new markets. That is incredible that that journey started so young for you. Do, do you credit <laughs> a lot of that to the way that your parents raised you? Or do you think that yeah, that was something uh, that was kind of in you and they helped foster it a little bit? Oh, my dad has a wild sort of background story. And that's what inspired me to want to be, uh, you know, an entrepreneur. And actually, you know, it's hmm. funny when I wrote my my last book, Better and Faster, I wrote it up and you write this project, you do the, a book is, you know, two and a half years of work, let's say. 
I handed it to my editor. I'm so excited for the feedback. What's he going to say? Yeah. And then he came back and he said, uh, I really like page 86. Is that all you like what's happening? <laughs> yeah. goes, oh, page 86 is where you talk about your dad and his story is on like a page or two here and it explains everything about you and I got to read 86 pages to get there. Go home, interview your dad and ask him more questions. So I did and he's got this wild entrepreneurial journey from when he was, he was a kid. But, um, but then uh, uh, seven days after I interviewed him, he had a heart attack and he died. No way. Wow. And yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's devastating for any of us, yeah. but what was, you know, it's sort of unique looking back at it now is I thought if I, if I knew when my dad was going to die, which I didn't, how would I want to spend my last weekend with him? And it would be interview him. And that's what I got to do. So uh, yeah, I feel so pretty fortunate about that. Do you want to do you want to hear some of his wild stories? I would love to. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's Perfect. let's hear like one or two of the top things that maybe you remember about him. Sure. Well, I think that the one that was the one that stood out that's kind of the metaphor for everything is that when he was a kid, he's with his mom. He's a poor immigrant living in a shoebox of a one-bedroom house with his two bedrooms and his parents, but his mom is a professional cook. So he's in it with her in the grocery store, and there it is, the Kraftfield Elephant cream cheese. Looks so good. And when mom's not looking, he smushes it into his mouth, and she catches him, and she doesn't know, you know what to say. She's probably like, uh, well, that's like an important connection, you know, the grocery <laughs> store for her. So she grabs him by the neck, takes him to the storekeeper, and then goes, I caught this kid stealing. <laughs> isn't, that, <laughs> isn't that your kid? And what was interesting, what shaped the rest of his life is that they sentenced him to sweep the floors after school, uh, like as a volunteer for the month. And when he did, he couldn't help but notice that at the end of the week, the grocery store then, probably today too, throws away food, produce that's not good looking enough to be on shelves, but good enough to eat, especially if you're a poor kid, like you, mm -hmm. you notice this stuff. So he struck up his first business deal and agreed to uh, sweep the floors forever in exchange for the leftover food that he would cart around to his poor neighborhood. And uh, pretty soon he was the first kid on the block with a leather jacket and a BB gun. And, <laughs> and, um, and that expanded. He got into month-old magazines, door-to-door -door donuts, school supplies. Eventually at age 16, he had a bar uh, and that got busted by the police, which is a much longer story. <laughs> but um, he needed to find something new when that was taken away. And he started thinking back to that grocery store and realizing at sort of a young age that the secret to success is not hard work. It's hard work and finding an overlooked opportunity in people or places mm. or things that others overlook. So the next business he did, which I thought would be a fun story for your readers, given the focus on networking, was he, he bought a restaurant and the restaurant had, it was called the Roxbury, but it had gone bankrupt. So he bought it at the bankruptcy auction for 10 cents on the dollar, 90% mm. less than it would cost to make. And it's because it was a struggling failure of a restaurant. Sure. But what he saw was a two-story brick building that faced rush hour traffic. And by making the outside of the building a billboard, it became a break-even investment before serving a meal. But then the part where the networking uh, really kicks in is that he wasn't shy on knocking on doors, picking up the phone, introducing himself to new people. And so he went and he knocked on what he believed would be a thousand doors, every apartment, every condo, every house within a mile or two. And he'd say, hey, nice to meet you. He'd say, you know, what's your name? And he'd say, oh, I'm Travis. And he'd say, oh, okay, Travis, uh, I just bought that struggling restaurant down the street. 
you want to come have a burger or a beer with me sometime and tell me how to run it better. And you know, you're going to say, sure. And when that happens, there's sort of three effects. First of all, you're going to tell him what's missing in the neighborhood and he's going to learn how to run the restaurant that the neighborhood wants. Yeah. The second thing is next time that you Travis are looking for a place for a random burger or a beer, you'll tell your buddies, Hey, I know the guy trying to turn this place around. So let's go there. And the third thing is if you knock on a thousand doors, well, that's going to hit and you're going to have a new local watering hole. So consistently what he taught me is, well, you know, on one hand, your competitors are lazier than you think. The people who put the effort into networking or pushing harder and knocking on those doors, they're the ones that will figure it out. But also, the simple thing is that your success is all about overlooked opportunity. It's not just about hard work. It's hard work and finding an overlooked opportunity. That's what he dedicated his life to. And now I realize that's what I've dedicated my life to trying to figure out. What are those ideas so close within your grasp that you're probably overlooking? This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, that's that's such such an amazing story to set up. And, and your editor was totally right. You can definitely see <laughs> how your dad's influence on you and really his blood, because it seems like, I mean, you guys are just both just born and bred, tried and tested entrepreneurs and just wouldn't have been able to shake that no matter what happened or how you were raised probably. Talk to me about uh, your transition from high school into getting into like this. So when you created this site, how old were you? Were you expecting it to take off? Like walk me through that whole process. Sure. So uh, for me, you know, high school led to university and boy, I wished I was an entrepreneur by age 18. I wished I was a university dropout, but I didn't have that idea. I was very into sort of dot com stuff, but it was 1999 
And right mm. when I graduated, the bubble burst. Yeah. So I kind of took the conservative route and I had a, a job from a management consulting firm. And that was an opportunity to see how big companies work. But I thought, oh, maybe then I'll find my idea. I still didn't. So I was getting frustrated. I did the MBA thing, just hoping to find my idea. And I still didn't. Yeah. But then in the middle of my MBA program, I remember reading an article and it was a, a 1997 article called The Cool Hunt by Malcolm Gladwell. And it talked about how people study the fringe and the cutting edge and the stuff that's not popular, but the stuff that's on the edge now that becomes popular later. And I realized that's so similar to that magazine exercise I'd had growing up. Mm. And, and that was a pretty inspiring thing. So then I coded Trend Hunter, re realizing the sort of research potential of studying ideas on the fringe, whether it's fashion, design, food, pop culture, tech. So I kind of built that and then I built it as a place to study. And that, that was 15 years ago. So that was very helpful in sort of uh, uh, inspiring me and, and sort of putting a bow on top of the, the, sure. the reason that you would go search for everything new in a magazine. And actually, um, years later, at one of our future festivals, Malcolm Gladwell was uh, kind enough to appreciate that uh, he was part of the inspiration and he, he spoke to our audience and then he wrote the forward in, in my new book and Create the Future. So that was a pretty big win on my part to have no a guy kidding. that inspired everything uh, yeah. Create the Forward. Talk about an awesome moment, that's for sure. So yeah. as an idea generator, literally by trade, what do you suggest a, a young budding entrepreneur, an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old that's either in college, either uh, out of, right out of high school, right out of college, somewhere in that phase where they're just like, I know I wanna do something, but I just don't know what it is. What is your suggestion for them? Is it like, hey, go to school? Is it go get a job? Is it learn how to sell? Is it learn a skill set? What would you say to somebody in that position? Sure. Well, um, I'd sort of back up and, and, and sort of approach it from a couple angles. One, um, most smart and successful people get caught in a path. And that's what the whole book was about, about the seven traps of path dependency and the fact that people just repeat past decisions and get caught in a groove. And that means that even though you're just in high school or university, you could have a lot of great ideas. And while others might dismiss those ideas, it's because they're caught in a groove. And the very fact that you approach things from a fresh perspective is your, is your biggest strength. The mm. second thing I would say is you need to expose yourself to as many ideas as possible. I mean, for me, that was reading all those magazines, traveling, trying to find new ideas, but sites like trendhunter.com are out there now, which expose you to hundreds, thousands, millions of different business ideas. So just consume as much as possible. And that leads me to the third approach, the third aspect that I would tell my younger self is that I used to try to think what business I should do. Where's there a market? How much money can you make? What's the profit. And then maybe if I, I did this for a couple years, I would sell that business. But now I realize, no, you get, you get into something, you get passionate about it and you spend your life in it. And, and, and so you want to be passionate. And that's not like cliche, like saying, I like skiing. I'm going to go start a business where I can ski or, or surf every day. Um, but it's saying like, what do you like? What type of problems do you like to solve? Mm, yeah. And then find a way to dive in knowing you will end up probably dedicating much more of your life to whatever you, you choose. Sure. Okay. So you start the site. How long before it just starts having insane numbers where you're like, oh my goodness, I was not expecting this. So you, you started yeah, in 2005, was, uh, right? So it was really, it was really interesting. So 2005 is when I started. I just sort of finished the degree. 
Uh, I was working at the bank running innovation. And what was funny is no one was blogging and, and it was new. Blogs were new. Social yeah, media right. didn't exist. So traffic just started compounding. And then I started getting opportunities that were hilarious because I was on MTV uh, as the person talking about what's cool and what's next. But then I'm going, I'm not telling them I'm going to my day job at a bank the next day. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm writing the column in The Economist on what to expect in the next year. And in the, the opportunities just start um, uh, really flowing. And each of those starts to fuel uh, the website more. And back yeah. then, even the newspaper journalists were a lot more conservative. So we'd get New York Times and CNN coming to us for what's new, and they would still take a week or two fact-checking whatever they wanted to write, which, of course, is not how the world is now. Now people uh, write and publish a lot faster. But that meant um, probably within a, a year, the site was getting a million views a month. Then wow. uh, about half a year after that, it was at... 7 million and then a year after that it was at 60 million views a month so in a very very tight time frame oh maybe goodness. 2007 or 8 it was getting you know 60 million views a month and that sounds today like what a youtuber's good video gets but back then that's that's getting more than you know new york times oh like yeah it's it's, it's rocking Okay, so this one has been a long time coming, and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years, and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution, as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production, then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with. And I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And we'll chat real soon. Huge. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So now, there wasn't a business model to it. So keep that's that what I was going to ask. Yeah. That's what I was so, going to ask. So like at what point along this were you like, Hey, maybe I should quit this job uh, and figure out how to monetize this traffic. So I quit it when it was around uh, 4 million views a month. And I, and I remember we, we chased page views and then trying to figure out how to pay for the bills. I had also published a book called exploiting chaos in, in 2008 and, and that was right when the markets in the world crashed. And Exploiting Chaos is actually, when I rewrote this new book, Create the Future, or when I wrote this book, I brought Exploiting Chaos back and I renamed it the Innovation Handbook. Yeah. Probably should have kept it Exploiting Chaos. But what was funny is I was the chaos guy right when the world became chaotic. And that mm, kind of gets to that idea. Yeah. 
you know, what do you tell your high school self or people in high school or university now, write about or, or study or dive into something you're passionate about? Because in that case, I suddenly became the chaos guy and I started getting invited by Fortune 500 CEOs to help them through chaos. You help one, you get help 10, then you get help 50, you get help 100. So that yeah. was my, my big break. And then that became what was funding Trend Hunter, um, not, not necessarily the, the traffic as we were trying to grow. Sure. How do you how do you recommend people go after a publisher on their first book? Because it sounds like you had a, a really good relationship with the publisher from the beginning. Was that due to the web traffic that you had? Yeah. So I think that today um, publishing has changed a lot, and that it is uh, almost entirely based on your platform. And yeah. how many can, can you start sell? a platform? So having a podcast, like you know, your your company obviously is skilled at helping people with having a podcast or, or, or uh, you know, your YouTube channel, social media, but thinking about how you get your content out there so that you actually have a following before something like a book happens. And yeah. actually these days there's starting to be a pretty big shift where people are using self publishers or quasi self publishers and not necessarily going right to the, the big houses. For my first two books, I had written them with Penguin Random House. And then on the new one, I actually sort of quasi self published with Fast Company, where I still own the rights. Gotcha. And, and I think what people have found is that you think it's a big break to get your book published by a publisher, but then you realize they don't really do as much as you think. And it still really lands on your shoulder to promote it, at which mm. point you need a podcast or a blog or a social media following or conferences that you speak at. Sure. So talk to me then about the new book. Uh, I got this when I got this in the mail, it was uh, definitely one of the most unique books that I've ever <laughs> what it reminded me of, man, just to be honest with you, when I opened it up, it reminded me of like getting my textbooks on the first day of school, like it had that like first day of school textbook smell to it. Um, but uh, it was yeah, it's, super it's unique, and really, really, yeah, really nice. I really like the, the format, the layout, just like so how much work went into just putting together how the book was going to look. Yeah, well, um, so when I had written the, the book Exploiting Chaos, it had been a book that was half imagery, but I always wanted to rewrite it for the chaos of today and update the, the images and the style and the design. Sure. So on that side, it was a little bit more of a creative process and then updating it. So that was the, that was the one side. And then trying to make it sort of, I don't know if this even shows up, but yeah, trying does, to make yeah. it so that there's uh, kind of like ending each section with fun, inspirational quotes and tactics and workshops. So that was sort of a creative project. And I, I think that took a couple months of, of updating. But then the other side, Create the Future, which is the new book, yeah. uh, that, that took me um, kind of five years of work and then maybe six months of sitting down and trying to, to synthesize that all and, and put it together. So what can people expect when they come to this book? When, like, what are the top sure. you know, few ideas that you really were trying to get across with Create the Future? Well, I had a really unique opportunity in my career to get to advise billionaires, royal families, Starbucks, Google, just a crazy list of companies. Um, and in the beginning, I think I would have put more emphasis on just the method of innovation. And that's what I had done in, in that very first book. But then after doing hundreds, thousands of projects actually, for 700 brands, I realized that probably the most important thing, particularly in a time of chaos, is the ability to change. The ability to realize that you get stuck in a path with each level of success, and yet there's so many other paths you could be on. Hmm. So that's why I wanted to create the future to be about 
Tactics for Disruptive Thinking. And the metaphor uh, that I use is all about path dependency and the reality that we get stuck in a path. And I go through all of the different ways you can break out of a path by being more disruptive in, uh, in how you approach your world. And, and it ideally would help you realize some of the great ideas that are so close within your grasp, but that you're currently missing out on. So when does this book, is this book actually hit the shelves already? Because I know this yeah, one it, is it, a uh, advanced it just, copy. It came out in March 10th, and so it's hit its bestseller status. Uh, March 10th was a unique week to launch a book with no COVID uh, just emerging. <laughs> so I, um, uh, it's a unique time, but uh, at the same time, the book is all about innovating in chaos and being recession ready and all that kind of stuff. Sure. From that standpoint, it's, I, I suppose it's good timing, though. The whole world is does not feel like anything's good timing right now. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening to this right now, you guys know if you're a listener of the show, whenever we recommend a book, I always say go buy it right now so you don't forget about it, add it to your list. And this would probably be an actually a fantastic one to bump up to the very top of your reading list. So make sure that you go to Amazon or wherever it is that you like to buy books, get a copy of Create the Future and, uh, and, and, and give it a read. I promise you that you're going to really enjoy what you're, what you're learning in there. Jeremy, I want to talk a little bit about building relationships specifically because this is building your network. And I love hearing stories of how people got to where they are because there's always little sprinkles of of networking and relationships that are put throughout these stories. Um, And so I'm curious, this is the conversation, this is the question rather that I ask to get people headed in this conversation. Um, I've asked every single guest that's come on the show. And so with your background, I'm really curious to hear what your answer is. Do you believe that who you know, or what you know, is more important and why? I think the curveball I would have would be to say having an open mind, either in what you think you know or in who you know. And the reason why I'm kind of straddling that and not giving you the perfect answer is that what you know can be an incredible trap. That's the trap that blocks you. So having an open mind to realize that your opportunity is something that you don't actually realize just yet, that's quite powerful. And that would in all likelihood be something that gets inspired by somebody that you meet. So the longer end of saying, uh, answering your question would be, I suppose, who you know, but there's a little bit of a pathway thing there where it's recognizing that your own expertise is what blocks you from realizing potential. Sure. Tell us about a time in your life where maybe a relationship, a connection to somebody, uh, maybe a mentor or a client or whatever that relationship might be led to this big moment of success that there was just no way that you could have ever engineered what happened. Yeah, so uh, when I had Trent Hunter first growing and we had a lot of traffic, I got a call from a guy who liked that book. His name is Tony Hunter. And I found out he was the publisher of the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune. So I got to speak to his group and help them with digital reinvention. And it was pretty funny because I'd be walking into this Tribune Tower, this beautiful building, and he'd be super hyping me up saying, you guys don't realize it, but we have a building with thousands of people and this guy's getting more online traffic than us and he has seven people so forget (laughs) what you know and listen to what he's has to say um and then tony hunter was very successful in a lot of that uh part of his career and then one day he gets a and and we'd worked with him on workshops and the trends and this stuff but then one day he gets a call and they want him to accept the job of ceo lay off 20 percent of his staff declare bankruptcy, sell more ads, and grow the paper. That's right? gracious. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, that's, that's not just firing 20% of the staff, that's firing your friends from a 26-year career. 
So um, he accepted, and uh, and then we started working with him more intensely, uh, doing workshops with his team. And he took uh, you know some of the lessons from that Exploding Chaos book, which which has come back, and he blew them up into posters in his building. And I just and, and actually he wrote the foreword on the the book, um, and we kind of go through his case study. But what was really cool is that over the course of the next couple of years, uh, Tony's team went from being bankrupt to being the most profitable news organization in America. So wow. it's just a wild tale and opportunity. I got to be a part of the whole thing. Uh, he wrote the forward of the book. He's spoken at some of our future festivals. And then I kind of got to leverage a lot of those workshops in, in the actual book as a case study. Um, and usually the work that I do, you can't case study. You don't get testimonials because you're helping a CEO do something sort of strategic and they like to take the claim and all that kind of stuff sure. so tony's become a friend a buddy and i, I want to help that guy any way i can uh yeah. but he's, uh, he's though you might not know his story yet that would be one of the most iconic ceos in america for turnaround in that you know you don't hear a story like that every day and it's because he did everything right in terms of really like empowering his culture to think about reinventing and change and, and uh the, their capability being the innovation guy, right? Like the go-to guy for all things innovation. Do you find people asking you a lot about, okay, well, what, what should I be doing? What's next? What, what, what should I be? <laughs> and then, and then do you get people turning that question around on you and asking you like, Hey, what are you doing that I maybe should be looking at? Well, I mean, we get those questions, but the funny one is that trend hunter is called trend hunter. And so the question I always get is people say, well, what's your, what's your favorite trend? What's the newest trend? Yeah. And, and, for me, that's like a really difficult question to answer because I feel like the word trend is very misunderstood. So we have like half a million individual articles and then we look for clusters and that brings it to bigger opportunities. Then there's mega trends, which are the opposite of what's trending on, on Twitter. And that's a long-winded way of saying that there's a really intense methodology to using trends for innovation. And so if you just say, what's your favorite trend? I'm, I'm almost like a deer in headlights and it seems weird. <laughs> Why can't the trend hunter guy say it. But I guess the answer I typically give is I jump to my favorite mega trend, which is one that we've coined that we call instant entrepreneurship, which is the idea, which is maybe inspiring for your audience. But it's that today more than ever before, you could more instantly become an entrepreneur. I could mm. establish a podcast, have a logo designed online by 99designs.com, start a beautiful website on Wix um, and, and make a 3D printed concept on Thingverse and sell it on Kickstarter before I've even had a company. That's wild. And my little niece could do that. A kid growing up in India could do that. That's cool. So my favorite trend, instant entrepreneurship. And it's the answer to the question I find the most awkward uh, that I get asked. <laughs> the most awkward. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So Jeremy, before we sign off here, man, is there anything that you think the audience should know about you that uh, we haven't talked about to this point? I guess uh, you know probably comes through in a lot of what I, I've said, but it's that I am pretty obsessed about helping people to find their big idea. I sort of feel like I burned a lot of my youth trying to find an idea, being obsessed with it, and and not really figuring it out. And so now on TrendHunter.com, we've got a lot of tools and techniques and trends and methods, and a lot of that's available for free uh, because we're simply trying to help people find their inspiration. So I hope some of that. Uh, can come through to those of you that are looking for your idea and, and just this general notion that you're capable of more than you think and your own success and intelligence is what actually can hold you back. So take the time, invest some time 
into uh, better understanding the traps your brain plays on you so that you can extract better thinking from your own self. And as we get everything wrapped up here, man, what is one place online where people can find you active the most? Where can people go to connect with you and hear more from you? Well, trendhunter.com is the easy one to find. And from there, you can find the book. Uh, This goes out before April 7th and you hear it before then. I've got a free Innovating Through Chaos webinar coming. I've got a lot of keynotes on there for free. But you can find all my socials and everything at Trend Hunter. Perfect. So head over to trendhunter.com to learn more about Jeremy. And please, 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 like I said, don't, uh, don't move on to your next task before you go pick up a copy of Create the Future. I promise you, you will not regret that. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Seriously, I had a fantastic time chat, tatty, chatting with you, and I really did learn a lot on this one. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.